What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, we're going to get a little deep on this one. And I know that for some of you, it might not be your style, might not be something that you like listening to, but I think these are important conversations to have. I have been asked this question a few times recently, and I figure if that's the case, we should probably do a little bit of a deep dive. I'm talking about your identity, how we identify, and the impact that that has on our results. And we could really make this a deep conversation and talk about you know, the role that that plays in your life in general, but I want to make this specific to why you guys listen to this content, because you want results, you want to learn, you want to grow. So I'm going to keep this more specific towards your fitness goals, your nutrition goals, all of that. But identity is an important topic. And uh, for some reason, this seems to be, I don't know, I feel like the universe has a way of sending some signals. And uh, I was asked this question on an interview I did on somebody else's um, podcast. I was asked this question in a Instagram DM, which I'm going to read because I think it helps to frame the episode. And so, uh, and then also in, I was interviewed in somebody else's Facebook group and got a similar question. So we're just going to break it down. What is the role that your identity plays in either helping you to move forward or keeping you stuck? And it's actually really important and, and probably something that, I don't know, maybe you haven't considered. So this might be an enlightening episode. I, I love deep conversations like this. Um, I, I like to get introspective. You know, for me, if you can, you know, sit down, relax and have some quality, deep, meaningful conversation, that's about as good as it gets for me. I know I'm not, it's not the most exciting thing for some people. Uh, but I, I'm a big fan. I'll take that over, you know, partying all night and doing that sort of thing. Although there's a time and a place, put me in the right environment, and sure, you know, we can, we can go do our thing. But for the most part, uh, you know, if I if I've got just a nice, calming environment, good people, quality conversation, that's about as good as it gets. So, before I jump into it, I have to remind you, as always. That if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy the podcast, please do your part in helping the show grow. We're in this together. Remember, we're in this together. The more people that listen, the more people that we help, the more lives that we change. And you play just as much of a role as I do in helping that come to fruition. So you can leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. You can share the link with a friend or family member. You can post this to your stories on Instagram and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And those are the ways that you can help do your part. So real quick, I want to read this question uh, that I got from a client who sent me this DM on Instagram. And she said, hey, Mike, hope all is well. After listening to one of your recent podcasts, I have quite a specific proposal wish for your next podcast. You always mentioned something in the direction of, quote, I used to be like that and now I'm like this, end quote. And for me, it translates into an identity change. 
you in general talk a lot about how you used to be talking about how someone used to be and now is one thing. Yes. But I would find it incredibly interesting and helpful to hear you talk about how you made that change and more importantly, how you applied it to yourself and your surroundings or how you would recommend anyone do that. I think there are two perspectives here, how you view yourself and how the people around you view you. I'm coming up with this wish as I believe anyone going through this process slash journey is going through an identity change. And I think for myself, it can be hard to know how to move away from what you've identified as for a long time and also how people around you have identified you. That can be a serious block in some situations. I would really love to hear your take on how to apply an identity shift. I hope my message makes sense. And I told our client, shout out to Sophie. I told our client, Sophie, absolutely love that question. And not only am I going to address it, I'm going to do the next podcast on this exact topic. Because like I said, it's been coming up a lot lately. Uh, I had somebody recently say, like, you made such a dramatic shift from going from chronic dieter to, you know, disordered relationship with food to now somebody who teaches food freedom and stop dieting and find your forever solution. And it's such a dramatic difference. And the question was, how, how did that happen? And I think from the identity perspective, there's things that we have to understand. One of my, one of my favorite courses that I ever took was uh, positive psychology, such a valuable course. And one of the things that they addressed in the course was, was identity. And the analogy that they gave for identity was, we are not the things that we think we are when it comes to our identity. So oftentimes, if you were to ask somebody like, you know, who are you? What's your identity? We start to list off the titles, right? I'm a mom, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a, you know, then we do the profession. I'm a lawyer, I'm a, you know, human resources, I'm whatever, I'm a sales representative we start to list all of the titles, all of the roles and responsibilities that we play. And we use that as our identity, which is not the case. So the analogy that they gave was all of those things are stuff that the, you know, if you imagine a shopping cart, okay. So the shopping cart has all of those traits in them, right? The, the mom role, the, you know, the, your professional career, how you identify with, you know, different maybe hobbies that you play or, or hobbies that you participate in or things like that. All these things we can assume to be our identities. That's the stuff that's inside the shopping cart. We are the people that are pushing the shopping cart. So we are not those things. Those are traits inside of our shopping carts. And why I love that analogy so much, because it's really easy to conceptualize that we can put things into the cart or we can take things out of the cart. If something's not serving you, you can decide to remove it from your shopping cart. If there is something that you feel like would be really valuable, let's say that inside your cart, you have introvertedness and you're like, you know what? It's really not serving me. I would like to take that out of my shopping cart and put in 
the extrovertedness as part of my shopping cart. That's a, that's a very um, easy way to understand how we can kind of pick and choose because you might naturally be one way, but you can take the necessary steps to become another way. And hopefully you see where I'm going with this. If you are somebody who has a lot of poor habits and let's say you are overweight and you're a chronic dieter and you're struggling with your body image issues, you're struggling with your weight, you're struggling with your health, whatever that may be, you get to decide to remove those things from your shopping cart. See, we often think that this is a set in stone version of us, which is why it's important to understand that we're not the shopping cart, right? Those traits, those identities, those habits, those beliefs, those are not us. We are behind the cart pushing those things, but we get to pick and choose. So if those things are not serving you, yes, that is part of an identity shift, but it's not as dramatic as changing the human being that you are. It's simply changing the things that you have in your cart. So I'll give you an example. uh, From so I'll relate this to myself personally. I identified strongly as an athlete. Okay, so to my core. That was what I believed growing up. I played sports. I I pretty much like everything revolved around sports. If I wasn't playing, I was watching or practicing. Um, Even, you know, with friends, it was just, you know, playing either video games, sports, or outside with a ball, just making up games, whatever it was. Like that was firmly entrenched in my identity. So when I did, gain a bunch of weight after college and and organized sports ended, I had an identity crisis because now I thought that the human being, like to my core, who I was, was a completely different person now because I was, you know, 60, 70, whatever, 80 pounds. I don't know what, remember what the exact number was, um, overweight now. And my assumption was I couldn't, play sports anymore because of my weight. I couldn't see the people that I used to play with because they would make comments. And so I started to tell myself all of these stories about who I was as a person. And I remember thinking that my path to getting my identity back was to lose weight as fast as possible, which is exactly what led me down the path of chronic dieting. Now, If I had simply realized that my identity hadn't changed, right? The person pushing the cart is still me. There was just different things inside the cart. I had replaced certain behaviors and traits and habits. So if I had realized that, I would have just gone back gradually to the things that allowed me to you know, go, you know, it wouldn't have been as extreme. It would have been, okay, well, you know, I can go back to playing sports because it's still me. I'm still that, you know, I'm still the person pushing the cart. I have certain habits that aren't serving me that I can remove from the cart and I want to replace them with different habits. But for me, it was an identity crisis, which led to me going through this path of extreme dieting. And 
Ironically, because of that, now all of a sudden it impacted other relationships. So the, you know, my fear of not being able to, you know, see my friends because of, of what they would say about me all of a sudden carried over into the people that were close to me, not, you know, really, you know, me basically pushing them away and distancing myself. So it impacted other relationships outside of that with, with family, uh, you know, eventually it, it, you know, drove a wedge in my relationship with my wife at the time. And um, ultimately we ended up separating and getting divorced, but a big part of that was because of this identity crisis and the way that I handled it. So I think that one of the best uh, analogies that I've heard, one of the best ways to describe this that I've heard was from uh, James Clear in the book, Atomic Habits, because he said that each action that you take when you're trying to build a habit is a vote for the person that you want to become. And you're casting votes constantly every single day. And I think the reason why I like this is because it's never going to be a unanimous decision, maybe sometimes, but for the most part, you're going to be casting votes oftentimes in one direction, but then there's going to be some votes in the other direction as well, depending on your habits. And I think that if I had taken that perspective, if I had combined that perspective with the shopping cart analogy, I never would have put my put myself through the ridiculous diets and extreme bullshit that I did. But it's because I felt like to my core, I was no longer the same person. Like I still ha- had the same values, but because of that, like things that I value so much relationships, open communication, honesty, trust, like things that I value so much, I immediately pushed to the side because I believed that I was no longer that same person, right? It wasn't that the shopping cart changed. It was that Mike Milner changed, that I was no, like the person pushing the shopping cart, all of those. So it's interesting how that happens when you're going through this identity shift. Now, in order to change those things that are in the shopping cart, right? We, we cast those votes on a daily basis through our habits. So it's often a perception of what we think other people will believe. Now, there is a part of grief when you are trying to change that shopping cart, right? There's a part of grief because you're taking something out of the cart and I don't care if it's something that doesn't serve you. You're still, it's, there's still inherent loss. When you are trying to become a better version of yourself, you're outgrowing certain things that don't serve you. There is inherent loss in that process. I think back to, you know, 250, 260 pound version of me, and I had to grieve the loss of all of those things that were happening, all of those things that were in my shopping cart at that time. So the, the evolution, right? And I, I've, I've used the analogy before in, in some of my posts where, you know, like a, a lobster, when it needs a new shell, it feels this intense pressure and pain. And it's the intense pressure and pain that allows it to know it's time to get a new shell. It's time 
you've outgrown the shell. So it's time to get a new shell. That's kind of what I think of with, you know, getting a new shopping cart. It's not getting a new shopping cart, but it's upgrading the things that are in your shopping cart. But that comes with inherent loss. You know, I talked to somebody the other day who had a, a habit of drinking regular soda and it was a lot of regular soda and breaking that habit, right? There's, there's a lot, I don't, it, it seems silly to think that, you know, oh, well, you're getting rid of something that's, that's really not serving you, but there's still inherent loss. There's still inherent loss in that. And sometimes we think that people will, will perceive us a different way, right? Like, well, if I do these things, then my friends and family won't get it, or they'll think that I'm, I've changed, right? So there's a couple of things with that. Number one, we're supposed to change. We're supposed to evolve. We're supposed to grow. There's a reason why the human metabolism is the most adaptive thing ever, right? Our brains are very malleable. We are adaptive creatures. It's in our nature. So if the perception of like, oh, they'll think that I'm different or they'll think that I've changed, good. That's a good sign. We get to choose that perspective. Okay. So that's the first part of it. And the second part of it is if they actually do have a problem, it's more of a reflection on them than it is on you. Because oftentimes what happens is by you upgrading your shopping cart, right? Taking things out of the cart that don't serve you, putting things into the cart that do serve you. Now, all of a sudden you're pushing around a upgraded cart and some people are like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Or they, they make little, take little jabs at you like, oh, you're going to order a salad while we're all getting burgers. Like what's wrong with you? Or why won't you just have you know, some cake or whatever. Um, and, and I'm just using those as examples, uh, probably poor examples, but it doesn't matter. People make comments regardless. It, it happens. I, I've noticed as a quick little tangent, I've noticed that it happens both ways. I've been in both scenarios where I'm, you know, relatively fit and I'll order something that's, you know, perceived as healthy and people will make a comment. Oh, of course, Mike ordered that. Okay, great. Or I'll, order something that's perceived unhealthy. And they'll be like, oh, I'm surprised you're eating that pizza. And it's like, why? I eat pizza all the time. Like, There's going to be comments either way. And it's a reflection of them. People project. Because remember, we all see the world through our own lens, through our own biased lens. And this was another thing that was uh, really powerful in the positive psychology course. And it's like, the colors in which you see the world. It's your own filter. Everything goes through your own filter of beliefs. You can't help but be biased. And when people have their own shit that they're, they're projecting on you, it is always a reflection of them. So if somebody has ever had the thought of trying to pursue a better version of themselves, if somebody has ever considered becoming a better version of themselves, becoming more fit, becoming healthier, uh, becoming stronger, becoming, you know, taking the path of self-development and self-improvement, any of those things, and you're actually doing it. You're actively doing it. What is that? That is a mirror to them. It's shining a light on the things that they are not doing. 
that they've told themselves that they want to do, but they're not doing. So of course, they're going to project. It's a protective mechanism to make them feel better. You ever wonder why somebody tries to get you to like, quote unquote, slip up? Like there's always the the person that's like, come on, just have another drink. Come on, just have another slice of pizza. Come on, just, and they want to see you do it. Why? You ever wonder why? It's because it keeps them feeling good about their own choices. Well, that person's doing it, so I can do it too. They want you to do that so they can feel better about their own choices. It is always a projection. So, that's how you have to understand what other people, there's usually a, uh, like we make up our own stories about what other people think or what other people are going to think. Oftentimes it's not rooted in fact. So always remember that most of our thoughts are not rooted in fact. So, you know, when I was sitting there thinking about my friends who wouldn't want to hang out with me because I was no longer the athlete. You know, in my mind, I was no longer the athlete that they knew. That was all in my head. They, like me as a person, we're all still friends. We still have a great relationship. We talk daily. But yet I made up this story about how they would perceive it. And it wasn't true. And then after losing weight, getting fit, going on my own journey, still, they don't care. You know, they're like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> we still like you for you, right? No difference. So first thing is we often make up this story in our mind about what other people will think. The second part of that is if they actually do have something to say, it's a it's them projecting. It says more about them than it does about you. So the way that you handle, in my opinion, the identity shift that is happening when you are pursuing a fitness journey, a health journey, whatever it may be, is that there are certain things in your shopping cart that you want to get rid of. There are certain things that you want to add. And you're going to be casting votes every single day in favor or against those things. So it's a constant pursuit until it becomes solidified, until that thing becomes solidified in your cart. And you're like, you know what? This feels really good in my shopping cart. I want to keep this in my shopping cart because I like how it feels when I have this in there. And you get rid of the bad habits. You get rid of the behaviors that aren't serving you. And you're like, yep, they can stay away. I don't want these things in my cart because they're not serving me. Now, you have to give yourself grace and compassion for the inherent loss that happens by removing something from your cart. You also have to give yourself grace and compassion for the necessary awkward phase of bringing something new into your shopping cart because it doesn't happen overnight. It's just like if you were to try and pick up an instrument tomorrow that you've never played, there's going to be a learning curve. At some point, your body and your brain will become very much in sync and you won't even have to think about it anymore. If you've ever seen a musician who's very talented, they can multitask while they're playing. Because it's such an inherent, it's just programmed into them. They can just do it. They don't have to think. It doesn't require any mental energy. They could just play. And at some point, you will be able to just play. So I think that hopefully, at least from my perspective, look, 
this is something that, again, I love these type of conversations. Uh, you know, it's funny, Mel and I, usually on our walks around the block, we, we typically have philosophical conversations like this, where we talk about the world, where we talk about society, where we talk about human behavior and human psychology. We have these conversations frequently. And I think that sometimes um, we get so caught up in all the things that we're not doing and we try to latch on to something to, to give us a reason. You know, the million dollar question. I know what I should be doing. I know what I want to be doing. Why the fuck am I not doing it? And it really comes down to a very simple answer. Simple, not easy. Because if it was easy, you would just make the change. Your brain is programmed to keep you in safe and predictable situations. The reason why we self-sabotage is to protect ourselves. It's to keep ourselves in safe and predictable situations. Now, when I say safe, I'm talking about from your brain's perspective, because a toxic relationship that is life-threatening can actually feel safe. And that's how powerful your mind is when it keeps you in something that is known and predictable. If you have known toxicity, that's been your norm for a long period of time. Changing that feels threatening to your brain because the pattern is no longer predictable. So it will often try to pull you back in to the toxic and predictable pattern. So that's what I mean when I say safe. And that's the exact reason why you're not doing what you know is in your best interest because it's a change. It's a new pattern. It's unpredictable according to your brain. So your brain tries to pull you back into that safe and predictable pattern. That's it. That is why we self-sabotage. That's why we don't do the things that we know we should be doing. It is 100% a protective mechanism. If we're aware of that, we can understand that it's not going to happen overnight. We can understand that we have to disrupt that pattern. We have to embrace the uncertainty. We have to do things without searching for motivation, without searching for the right emotional state, just knowing that this is something I want to put in my shopping cart. And it's going to take thousands of votes in that direction before it becomes solidified in my cart. And then I have that as my new pattern. And that's that. <laughs> Hopefully this all makes sense, guys. Um, if you don't like my philosophical discussions about identity or stuff like this in, in general, the deep conversations, and you want me to keep it more surface level, I can certainly talk calories in versus calories out and macros and all that other shit. But I feel like this is the stuff at the core that we really need to be discussing. So I would love to hear your thoughts. Hopefully this was helpful. Let me know either way. Um, just hit me up. Shoot me a DM on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And I will talk to you guys very soon.